You are listening to The Reckless Entrepreneur. My name is Francesca Mamlin, but you can call me Fran. I'm a girl with a mission to inspire a generation of bold, courageous, daring, and passionate entrepreneurs. And I want to inspire you to chase your passion and persist past the point where most people would quit. Because on the other side of that lies your true purpose. I'm so glad you tuned in and I can't wait to see what you have to share with the world. Hello, and thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Reckless Entrepreneur. I'm coming at you with another interview today. I have my travel buddy and my friend and an awesome business owner. Her name is Krista Aoke. She is the founder of Reroute Lifestyle. Krista does virtual project management and website design for multi-passionates building their online Empires. I love that word. Her reroute lifestyle mission is to help people build an online presence so they can live their passion. Krista, like I said, is one of my closest friends. I deeply, deeply admire her as an entrepreneur. She's a wizard when it comes to branding and website design, like seriously. And she's so dedicated to her mission of helping people turn their passions into a business. Um, Yeah, she's got a lot of valuable stuff to share and I'm so excited to dive in. So without further ado, Krista, welcome to The Reckless Entrepreneur. Oh my gosh. Hey, friend. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) We're going to have so much fun. Cool. So let's start with diving into your backstory. So how did you get into entrepreneurship and how did you start Reroute Lifestyle? Totally. So I fell into entrepreneurship accidentally. <laughs> I basically, um, a couple of years ago, I started this lifestyle and travel blog because I wanted to empower millennial women to say yes to more opportunities. Um, after starting that lifestyle and travel blog, people came to me for WordPress questions and advice on how to um, improve their website. <laughs> And then I guess I realized, client after client, that wow, the information that I have is valuable to others, and so I can actually kind of make a freelance career out of this. And Reroot Lifestyle started with an ex-partner of mine. We basically um, were traveling around France, and um, whilst we were traveling around France, my lifestyle and travel blog was um, making money from affiliate marketing. So we would literally get back to the Airbnb. We didn't have um, we didn't have like Wi-Fi or data um, while we were traveling. And we'd see that the there were sales that came in from the um, lifestyle and travel blog that covered more than like what we had spent during the day. So then we decided to start Reroute Lifestyle as like kind of like our blog documenting our transition into this alternative life. So yeah. That's so cool. Cause like when I think about what Reroute Lifestyle is today, like it started as just like a travel blog and now it's so much more than that. And um, 
Yeah, and the other thing that I got out of this is that sometimes the things that we have in our heads, like all of the knowledge you had about WordPress and website design, we kind of take that stuff for granted, but there are so many people that would pay for that kind of information, and I think a lot totally. of people can um, take that advice. So how did you find the confidence to start like taking clients and doing that kind of stuff for clients? Wow, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> so I guess... I found the confidence because I saw that people were people who were experts in their fields were looking for the skills that I had. So blogging build skills like SEO research and Pinterest management, social media management. And there were people out there who were masters in their fields. Um, but needed help with that back end online presence stuff. And so I guess just it, it just took me knowing like okay like they are such a wizard in this area um, but they need help with this and I know this and so I guess just um, wow that's a really big question I <laughs> built up the confidence I think just by going into it and really um, um, yeah going into it and really empowering myself to be like yeah I have this skill that other people would pay for Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you kind of have to do it a couple of times. Like you have to take a couple of clients and see that you're, you know, see that you're bringing them good results. And then the confidence kind of comes with it. Like, totally. do you think you kind of have to go before you, before you really know that it's going to work out? Yeah, yeah, sometimes you have to. Um, and for me, I was lucky because I had my blog. So I used my blog as like kind of like proof that I knew something. So yeah, I know about Pinterest because um, I'm able to grow my own Pinterest and see that kind of engagement from my Pinterest. So I was able to um, kind of use my blog as like a guinea pig and then um, offer that to other people as well. Cool, yeah. Um, yeah, your your journey to entrepreneurship is so interesting, and I know now you have a what we call the reroute lifestyle framework. So it's kind of like steps to how people can start an online business. So do you want to tell us a little more about that? Yeah, totally. So the hashtag reroute lifestyle framework um, is called the BCF method. Um, so B is to build a hypnotic online presence. And so this is how I started. I created um, an online presence through my lifestyle blog, and then I made that presence consistent. Um, through branding and messaging, etc. Um, and then C is to captivate clients and then create content create content. So after you built your online presence, the next step is to um, get clients um, and captivate them and attract them to you um, through content. Um, and then F is to free up time to live your passion. So once you, once you have clients, once you're creating and publishing all that content, um, then you can implement um, systems and workflows so that you have more time to design your days and um, reroute lifestyle. Cool, um, that's awesome. So build your audience, captivate clients, and then free up time. Cool, let's dive into each one of those. Um, so starting with the building your presence, like let's say I have no online presence, I have no social media followers, I wanna start a blog, like what are some of the first things that you can do to start growing that 
online presence. Totally. Um, so I think that the first and foremost most important thing is to kind of think of a niche and people don't always like to um, think of themselves as like finding a niche but um, if you don't really like the idea of um, committing to a niche then at least think about who you want to reach with your online presence because even if you have a lifestyle blog who are you reaching with that lifestyle blog are you reaching other moms are you reaching um, Millennials are you reaching um, people who um, are uh, eat like a plant-based diet so really think about who you want to reach um, through your online presence first and then second I would think of or I would decide on two platforms where you want to be reaching those people so maybe that's your blog and Pinterest or your blog and Instagram but um, oftentimes um, oftentimes creatives love to stretch themselves really thin and just tackle all of the projects um, but I think it's really really smart to just um, choose two and then commit your time to those doing those two really well Mm -hmm. I think those are both really good pieces of advice. Um, the niching down especially because like there are so many lifestyle bloggers out there and there's a lot of different types of people out there. Um, and no matter whether you're a lifestyle blogger or not, like this still applies. Like who specifically are you talking to? That's so important. Totally. And um, choosing one or two places to promote your content is another big... I used to tell my marketing clients this all the time because you want to like try and be everywhere like you want to try to do facebook twitter instagram pinterest but like where you know what two spots are you going to be able to leverage the most yeah and then do you think maybe as like your blog grows you can kind of start to move towards other platforms Definitely, because as you um, as you really start to understand the platform and how it works um, then you you figure out ways that you can have shortcuts like oh scheduling Instagram stories and Instagram posts to go out at the these optimal times and then um, you can use um, all of this time where you're not um, like writing a post because your posts are scheduled you can use that extra time to learn another platform mm -hmm. absolutely and like you're kind of doing it one thing at a time like you're not trying to master all of it at once you're like okay I'm gonna get really good at Instagram and then totally. I'm gonna move on to Pinterest yeah great advice <laughs> I probably should have taken that advice years ago um, yeah so then the next step would be to captivate clients is that the word you used yeah Capture? Um, how do you do that okay so um, <laughs> captivate clients I like to think of this as um, the term the official term is to use attraction marketing so basically what you can do is since you have this hypnotic online presence and you know exactly who you want to speak to and you know exactly where you can reach them um, you captivate them by sharing your story and sharing your why and sharing what you do so um, first of all your online presence um, um, it's there for them to find but then how do you attract them you create content that they would be interested in so if you're trying to um, if you're trying to attract um, like older or more professional um, sort of clientele then you'll be publishing on LinkedIn and you'll be really active on LinkedIn um, a lot of coaches use Instagram as a way to really connect with their ideal audience and so by being present on um, specific platforms um, and 
using those platforms to tell your story, to, um, to show people what you offer and, um, and how you work and really connect with them and engage with them and build that real connection, then you can really captivate those clients um, and build your network in that way. Mm-hmm. So are you like connecting with them on social media? Like are you messaging with them on Instagram or like talking to them on LinkedIn or are you kind of pulling them into like a email marketing funnel type of situation or does it depend? Totally. I think you can definitely do both. Like it's really good to be engaging with your um, engaging with your potential clients, even just to pay attention to what their problems are. So maybe like maybe someone is your total ideal client, um, but they're not ready to purchase just by having this conversation, you can still and getting close to them, you can still see you can still see um, where they might be struggling in their business. Um, so that and so maybe when they are ready to work with someone um, on, for the service that you're offering, they'll think of you because you're there. Um, and another thing to do too is to on social media post this free content and then um, bring people into your nurture sequence by offering the lead magnet like you say. So I think it can go both ways um, and it's worth a shot to try both ways too. Mm-hmm. And I think at least from my experience of working one-on-one with clients, um, the human connection before you start the sales process is so huge because when you're running an online business, um, it building trust can get a little bit more complicated because you can't look someone in the eye, you can't shake their hand, you can't like go out to coffee with them because you're hmm. usually different parts of the world. So like being able to have a conversation with a real human, even if it's over a messenger platform, is significant in my experience with landing clients. Did you do you kind of find that to be your experience too? Yeah, definitely. Um, and. I think that's something that people forget is they're just so busy trying to offer the service. But let's face it, a lot of people offer a lot of services. And so what's going to help you stand apart from other people? It's by making this real connection. And that's also why knowing who you want to serve is really important. Because if you choose someone who you want to serve who could practically be your best friend, then you're going to love working with your clients and they're going to love working with you. And this like offering a service is just going to feel super natural and authentic and and just it's going like then work doesn't have to feel sleazy or awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody listening wants to have a, a job where they feel sleazy or slimy selling. Nobody wants that. Totally. And your clients are an extension of your business. So like you want to attract clients that you feel connected to yes we become entrepreneurs because we want to be able to live like have jobs that we're actually passionate about yeah yeah i love that cool and then the last part of the framework is freeing up time and i mean i know from watching you work you're really really good at this stuff you're so good at optimizing systems and like finding the best most effective way to do things so like what are the tips you have for freeing up time so that we don't have to spend all of our time marketing 
Yes, so um, some of my favorite ways to um, free up time are using client management systems. So I use this platform called Dubsado. And so Dubsado takes care of all of my contracts um, and all of my um, client invoices and my client feedback form. So when I'm sending a client like social media graphics or a website design to review, I send it all via Dubsado. So then I have the form that's already asking the questions that I need to ask. It's already there. So say I have, say someone asks me to design a pin for them. Um, instead of instead of typing out the email that says, oh, I need this, your hex codes, your brand fonts, etc., etc., I have forms that ask for all of that information. So I send that to the client. They send it back completed. And then when I have the graphics ready, I put the graphics in the Dubsado form and I send that to the client and um, they send it back. And so it just eliminates, um, it eliminates um, typing out emails and it really streamlines the flow. And if I ever, um, yeah, and so it really streamlines the flow. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'll link to Dubsado in the show notes. I actually use Dubsado too. I use it just for, I don't really like get the full potential out of it. I use it to invoice, but I like use Google Drive for the forms and stuff. I should probably put it all in one place. <laughs> Dubsado is so good for invoicing too, though. I love how it automatically invoices people and you can set it up to invoice weekly or monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says it sends reminders reminders automatically too so you don't have to be like oh like this person hasn't paid my invoice i need to set up a reminder yeah. you can set that up automatically so good which when you're self-employed your time is so valuable so like if you know if you're listening and you don't really have a business set up yet you might be like what why are they talking about this like weird tech stuff this stuff is huge when yes. you are self-employed cuz your time that in the beginning, your time is really all you have. So anything that you can do to not be doing those little like remedial admin tasks, yes. it's huge. So um, yeah, let's dive into a little more of like content creation stuff. Like how do you, what are the tools you use to um, streamline that process? Streamline content creation. So anyone listening, content creation is not my strong, um, <laughs> it's not my strong suit, even as a former blogger. But um, one thing I do is I set up workflows. So I basically know everything that I need to do um, from when a, con- a piece of content is an idea to when it's published. And so I know that I um, I know that I need to research um, SEO keywords for that piece of content for both Google for actually Google, Pinterest, and YouTube. I know that I need to write a meta description that goes with the blog posts, um, outline the posts, create the social media graphics, and then also post publication, like blasting that um, piece of content on social media. (laughs) So um, for that, I have a list of everything that I need to do, um, and I basically, use um, Asana and Trello to um, store these workflows and I use them to also duplicate the workflows every time a new idea comes. So um, just 
when I'm actually um, publishing uh, publishing a piece of content, I don't have to think about like, oh yeah, what else do I have to do? Because everything is listed there for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just t- I just took to setting up my podcast on Asana, and I I do the same thing. I have every single task I need to, for an episode, and I just duplicate it every time I'm have another episode to to produce. Um, yeah, it's really great because then you don't have to like sit down and be like, oh, I have to do this and this and this every time because it's already there. Um, do you have similar stuff like that set up for client work? Like, do you have workflow set up for client work that you? Yes. Oh, it's so (laughs) helpful too. Um, so most of my client work, um, is, um, website design or graphic design. And so it's really helpful for me to know everything I need, um, for every stage of the project. So basically every time, um, I start a new website project, I just go into Dubsado. I have everything listed, like which programs I need to use, um, what I need from the client and um, I just duplicate that task um, and customize it for the client. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those practices are so, so valuable for not missing steps and for saving time. Amazing. Yes. Such good stuff. Um, let's talk a little bit about branding because Krista is probably one of the most talented branders that I personally know. Aww. Like she's like always like dropping like random brand tips at me and I'm like, whoa, she like blows my <laughs> mind every day. So yeah. Um, yeah. So let's, what are the biggest mistakes that you see businesses making with their branding? Oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, <laughs> my, um, I think one of the biggest mistakes I see is not having a cohesive um appearance across platforms because with with your business and with branding um we're all providing an experience like anyone who loves disney knows um disney people love disney because of the experience people go to starbucks because of the experience that starbucks provides them um and so we have to think about our branding in the same way so um your business you're in business just like disney and just like starbucks so you also need to think about the experience that you're giving your potential client or customer um and so in order to fix this and have that consistent presence, um, I think it's good to just create a branding board for yourself. Um, Have the fonts that you're going to use across platforms, the hex codes, and just the style that you want to, um, that you want to put out across platforms and then be consistent with your visual messaging and also your, your um, messaging with words. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good advice. So for someone who is just starting their business, they have no branding yet. What is like, what are, what are the things that that they need? Like you said, font, colors, like what's like a, maybe like a small checklist for a beginner entrepreneur. (laughs) Totally. Oh, this is so much fun. So definitely, um, what I would do is I'd start by creating a brand board on Pinterest and you can just make this board private. And start adding photos that inspire you or that remind you of what you want your the mood that you want your brand to kind of portray. Um, and then from there, uh, get um, colors and their hex codes, um, fonts, and so like a heading font and a body font um, and a script accent font. Um, 
And then I think the last thing would be to think about the themes that you want your business to put out there. So what are some core values that are really important to you and that you want your business to always stand by? Um, and, and then this way, um, you have colors, fonts, and um, these brand themes that really guide you as you go out to talk to clients or create that social media content. Mm -hmm. I love the um, thinking about the core values because then we're connecting the branding with like your mission and vision, Yeah. which then the branding is a reflection of the business, which is amazing. It all comes together. It all comes together. So you already kind of touched on this, but what are some of the things that an entrepreneur can, a new entrepreneur can think about to start crafting that experience? Oh my gosh, totally. Okay, so it goes back to thinking about the value, your values and the themes that you want your brand to have. So for example, one of Rewrite Lifestyle's themes is to um, create, take calculated risks, and live your passion. Um, and so I, I feel really strongly about this. Um, the ex One of the experiences that I want people to to one of the things that I want people to experience when they interact with the Reroute Lifestyle brand is this inspirational place of acceptance. And so um, this idea to take calculated risks is um, aligns with that. So the experience I'm creating is like this is a safe space because think of dinner with your family over ho the holidays. Like um, it's kind of tense. Um, people really can question you and just don't really understand your goals. And so um, with Reroot Lifestyle, what I want to do is create a place where it's like, no, it's okay to live an unconventional life. And so I think when you, so when you list out your themes, um, then you can think about, okay, so these are the themes that I have. How can I um, create an experience with these themes. Maybe it's through your messaging, like creating um, daily quotes or like quotables that um, that pe people um, that kind of live align with <laughs> align with your values, or um, or creating social media content that um, aligns with that messaging, or um, like you can cr really do a lot to create an experience just from the things that you publish. Cool. I, it kind of sounds like you are looking for the kind of feelings that you want to create in somebody. Yeah. And you're like working towards that. Is that accurate? Yeah, totally. So you're thinking about how your values can speak to people's feelings and like evoke, yeah, evoke feelings from your target audience. Uh-huh. Because I can totally think of businesses that I follow that like when I see one of their posts on Instagram or like when I'm on their page, like on their website, I like get a certain feeling and yeah. like they did that on purpose. Like that's intentional. Totally. Absolutely. Cool. Branding is so cool. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, so let's let's talk a little bit about networking too, because networking as I understand, as I perceive at least, is one of your stronger suits as an entrepreneur. So and it's tough because we we have online businesses and like we kind of touch on this before. You're behind a screen and business is about human to human connection. So we have to really be intentional 
as online entrepreneurs about how we approach the networking thing. So um, how can you network when you have an online business? <laughs> um, well, I think one of the ways you can network is by um, going to live networking events, like via Meetup or um, through Facebook. Um, but not everyone has that, um, what would you say, luxury of being able to go to these in-person networking events. Um, so if there's not a regular networking event in your hometown or you can't make it out for a regional conference, then the next thing that you can do is network um, on Facebook groups. Just like go post in... Um, go post in a Facebook group for um, entrepreneurs um, and and see if someone wants to have a coffee chat. So there are a lot those kinds of different ways to network when you have an online business. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's also an advantage when you're kind of hooked up to the online world because there's there's literally like limitless potential to who you can connect with. I also definitely agree with the attending in-person events. Like if it's if it is at all possible, going to a conference, going to like, even if you're in a place that doesn't have a lot going on, like I was in Dublin, Ohio for a while when I was building my business, I found a meetup group that I could go to and I made some connections. That's so cool. Yeah. And you probably can identify with this too. Like having, when you're, when you have an online business, you are kind of alone a lot of the time. Like you might be like kind of sitting at your house while you're working on it, or you might be traveling and by yourself and you have to make sure that you get some kind of human contact and connections yeah. you make with other business owners are huge so oh it's so vital because um i love my friends back home but they might not understand the problems that i'm going through and so it really makes a difference to be able to talk about a problem with someone who is familiar with online business because then they act as a sounding board so instead of me just um talking about what's going on it's, it turns into an actual conversation because people who are also in business they know how to um, they know what you're going through and they know potential ways to solve it yeah that is such a good point and even like with you and me right now we're currently traveling together and we're also like working on our businesses and I feel like getting to bounce ideas off of you and get feedback from you or sometimes you'll just like randomly like drop me like a, a random like branding tip and i'll be like oh my gosh like it's so valuable to have entrepreneurial friends that it's so true when they say that you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with and i think it comes down to like the conversations that you have with people every day you can have a conversation that can change your life you know so you got to put yourself in those situations yeah oh absolutely it's um, I think one of the things too is like um, being around you really helps me be more confident about um, one of my weaknesses, which is pricing myself um, and pricing myself fairly and or setting boundaries with clients. And so it's really, it's really, really helpful to have people who, um, who kind of give you another side or, or who like balance out your weaknesses. Definitely. I think we actually compliment each other really well because I'm, I'm the kind of person that's like, 
you know, like don't be, don't feel guilty about charging what you're worth. Don't feel guilty about setting boundaries and like dealing with clients this way, the way you feel more comfortable with. And then you are the person who's like, don't forget about your online image. Don't forget <laughs> to optimize the social media posts. Like, so we are, our strengths and our weaknesses really complement each other, which actually makes us a good team. We should do something together sometime. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's another, um, that's another really good point with networking is like figure out the areas where you might not be as strong as an entrepreneur and find people who are going to be able to help you just have them around you definitely oh absolutely so cool um so and we kind of touched on this but um do you find a lot of your clients from networking or from interpersonal connections ah yes absolutely um my clients come from referrals or um, meeting in person um, and it's what the most important thing about this is like it's just it means a lot to be friendly it means a lot to um, understand your clients business and be able to serve to that so um, what I would recommend to others is to yes like go to networking events um, be aware of uh, like know exactly who you are what who you serve um, and how you can serve people Um, but also just um, also if you are looking for clients (laughs) if you're looking for clients don't be afraid to go on social media on into Facebook groups and um, see clients out there Mm -hmm, absolutely anywhere like there's just so many places that you can find people um, and that you can make connections. You also never know who you're talking to. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I met somebody at like a brunch once who later became my client. I joined a meetup group and one of the people in the meetup group ended up connecting me with somebody who's one of my most longstanding clients. Like you really never know where that connection is going to come from. So just yes. show up authentically, show up and be friendly. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that goes such a long way because yeah, a lot of the time, um, people kind of, okay, not a lot of the time, but sometimes people just, <laughs> you know, they, they come in and they just want the sale or they want the money. And, um, I think you and I are both good examples that no, like all you have to do is just be friendly and like really make those connections. And that's not to say that like, that's not to say that, um, you don't have to try to sign a client, but yeah, you never know who's in your circle or like um, how people around you can help you. So um, just be friendly, be a good person, but also like know how you can help others. Mm-hmm. And like just be yourself. Cause like yes. when you're really being yourself, the sales should be effortless because like, I don't care who you are. Like there are people that are meant to work with you. Like we all have our tribe. We all have people that we vibe with just show up and be yourself all the time. That's easy, you can do that. And you're gonna attract the right people to you. And yeah, and you don't have to be constantly selling. You shouldn't be constantly selling. There's a time and a place for selling. Um, There's also a time and a place for selling is not appropriate. Oh, by the way, friend, I would love to tell you about my MLM. Yeah, that's an example of what not to do. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Cool. so yeah, how do you how do you create meaningful relationships while also keeping like 
networking type stuff in mind? Yeah. Um, so one important way I think is to just engage with people on social media. Um, reply to their Instagram stories, slide into those DMs, um, comment on their posts and just, but don't just say, oh, lovely post or nice shot. Um, or I love this, like actually read their caption or, or figure out what they're saying and reply to that. Have a real conversation via social media. Well, um, another way um, that I maintain or create or maintain uh, meaningful relationships is actually through collaboration. So like collaborating on this podcast episode, uh, a few months ago, I hosted this online summit, online virtual summit with um, a couple of other girls and just um, these kinds of networking projects where everyone also um, kind of benefits from it. It really goes a long way too. Mm -hmm. It's really great too when you're forming relationships, like business type relationships, making sure that each person is getting something out of it. Um, so like it's not just one person taking, it's both yeah. people are giving. And I think the summit is such a good example because all of you guys actually made a pretty good profit on that. And you're able to gain exposure to other audiences. You're able to connect with a lot of people through the summit. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, at the same, yeah, everyone um, had the experience of being put in front of um, a different audience and um, getting their lead magnets out there. The viewers learned about the different topics that people were covering. So yeah, it was all in all, a, yeah, a really great relation, a really great way for um, everyone to kind of benefit in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, collaborations are so amazing. Um, we've, we've collaborated a couple times. I, we're collaborating We're now. collaborating right now, yeah. Um, so what, uh, what advice do you have for someone who wants to maybe get into collaborations um, and doesn't really know where to start? Oh, totally. So um, I'm all about collaborating with people who... <laughs> I'm not very good with confrontation or talking to strangers, so normally when I collaborate, I collaborate with people who I have um, been in touch with before, so um, I would um, interact with them on Instagram, reply to their messages, although one person for this, who I interviewed for the summit, I just kind of cold emailed her. But what I did when I emailed her was I was very specific about what I liked about her channel. Um, what I wanted from the collaboration and, and how it would benefit her. So um, I think making that personal connection, showing that you know, um, you know about that person's business, and then also um, just telling that person, well, this is how um, collaborating with me would benefit you. Um, basic, you know, like human, per like human persuasion or sales. Um, and then, yeah, sending that email, making that personal connection. Cool. So you just outlined like three great things. Personal connection, showing appreciation for their work, and then being very clear on what they're going to get out of the relationship, which is awesome. It's kind of like, uh, a, it's like, it's like sales, but it's a little bit different because like you're not asking for money or anything. You're asking for their time. So it's almost yeah. easier. People are willing to give up their time quicker than they're willing to give up their money that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah i found that with podcast guests it's very easy to get somebody on a podcast 
I've literally never had a problem with that. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um, so yeah, where you've dropped so much amazing knowledge. I'm so excited to share it with my listeners. They're going to get so much stuff out of this. Um, where can they go and connect with you? Sure. Um, so you can find me at reroutslifestyle.com or on Instagram at Reroute Lifestyle. Um, I love to post Instagram stories. I love a good Instagram story. So um, if you're watching, then you can feel free to slide into my DMs. Just Definitely do so. She's really, it's really fun to follow her on Instagram. She's, she posts good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much, Krista, for taking the time to be on this podcast. Thanks for having me on The Reckless Entrepreneur. <laughs> so excited to come on as a guest. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll have you on again in the future. This was such a great interview, and it's actually really similar to the kind of conversation that Krista and I have every day without any microphones around, so I'm really lucky to have this dedicated, passionate, intelligent, entrepreneurial lady in my life, and I'm glad that I was able to share Krista with you. So one thing that I could really take away from Krista's story is how she got into entrepreneurship. So if you're listening and you really want to build something on your own, but you're having a hard time coming up with a flashy business idea, remember, you are selling the skills you have. And that's a great starting point. Every single one of you listening has something that you're really good at and other people will pay you for. I promise you do. And once you figure out what those skills are for you, you can use Krista's BCF method to start building your online business. That is build a hypnotic online presence, captivate clients through content, and free up time to live your passion. And don't forget to leverage the power of your network or go to live events to help your network or just network on Facebook if you have to. Krista gave us a lot of good networking tips to think about and she gave us a framework for how to reach out to a possible new connection. So you create an initial connection by maybe complimenting their work. You let them know what you can do for them and then you tell them what you want from them. And it doesn't have to be sleazy. It's too bad that so many people are afraid to sell themselves or reach out and ask for help because they're afraid of being sleazy. And you know what, as long as you're being authentic and kind and you are aiming for a genuine connection as well as a beneficial one, you're going to do great. So thanks again, Krista, for being on the podcast. I can't wait to have you on again soon. And now, my listeners, it is time for you to go forth and be the bold, daring, courageous, reckless entrepreneur that you were meant to be. I will see you next week. <laughs>